Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. Got a great message entitled, Never Forget to Think. Think about this for a minute. You and I learned to talk when we were children, right? So when will we learn to think seriously, to think with purpose? A purpose affords your anchorage in the times of battle. Purpose is a foundation for you. So call a friend and tell them to turn that television on. You're going to learn something today and never forget to think because what you think is going to come to pass because you're going to act on what you think all the time. You ready to receive what God has for you? Get a pencil and paper, take some notes. This will bless you. Never forget to think. Watch this. I want you to turn with me to the book of... Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, I want to read just uh, one little verse of scripture here, and maybe I'll do more, I don't know, we'll see. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Peter says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I want you to underline that in your Bible if you've got a, you know, a regular or iPad, whatever. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that, it, that he brought unto you at the revelation of of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or way of living. The reason why I keep reading because that's not the end of the uh, sentence. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. I want to go back to verse 13. I want to take one little statement out of that verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. The title of this message this morning is never forget to think. Be surprised how many people are not thinking. Thinking, you know, because if you think the right thoughts, you're going to do the right things. Never, never forget to think and understand why God has called you to be what you be. Or what you are. That sounds Cajun there. You be what you be. You know, a little Cajun came out there. Praise God. So when you understand God's word, the Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed to the renewing of your mind. That's your mind, will, and emotion that you may prove or know that good, that acceptable, and that perfect will of God. And it's amazing to me how many people tell me they don't know the will of God for their life because their minds are not transformed. They only have been conformed. They haven't girded up the loins of their mind. And I want to talk about that today and do it in a little teaching. And I believe you're going to enjoy this today. Write this down if you're taking notes. To gird up is to summon self-discipline. See, when you gird up your mind, you summon self-discipline. To gird up is to summon self-discipline, resolution, energy, and enterprise. See, a person that's thinking is going to do something. See, and they're going to do it right because it is right. To gird up is to summon self-discipline, resolution, energy, and enterprise. I've had people ask me all the time, and I've been preaching 46 years, and they say, yeah, Jesse, you've never, you've never had a scandal, you know, in your personal life, you know, women, money. And all. Why? Well, I summoned up self-discipline when I got born again. I was not disciplined before I was saved. I drank like a fish. You know what I mean? I did anything I wanted. Anytime I didn't care who I hurt, didn't make any difference. Very selfish. But when I got born again, I girded up the loins of my mind, you see. And I summoned self-discipline. Out of that self-discipline came resolution. I knew what to do. Energy to produce it and enterprise to perform it in every area of my life. So I would know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. 
Now, I knew my spirit was in 100% contact with God. What I needed to do was renew that second part of me, which is the soul of man, the mind, the will, and the emotion, and then to learn how to crucify my flesh. And I did that by keep thinking instead of forgetting to think. Now, so many churches sometimes, they go by the wayside because they forget to think. How do you touch somebody? I told people this in one of the sessions here. You got to understand something about God. And let me just go over that real quickly. I love the prophet Elijah because he was so unique. I mean, he really was. You know, you don't know who his mother and father was just because the Lord didn't, you know, he just didn't put it in the Bible to let us know who it was. But he was called Elisha the Tishbit. Okay. He had a servant named Elijah, a servant named Elisha. Elijah, Elisha. And he was out, he was in a farm field, and, and man, Elijah just threw his coat over him. His man over him. <laughs> he just dropped everything, started following Elijah. Powerful man of God. The only prophet that I know that raised somebody from the dead when he was dead was Elisha. I mean, he had died, his bones, I mean, his body had decayed, and they buried somebody on top of him, and as soon as that body touched those bones, that person came alive. Would that freak you out? Would you go, glory to God, what a miracle, or would you start running? Think about that for a minute. That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Man, and, and, but he, and I love what Elijah said to him. Elijah had a school of prophets because he was a prophet. You know, the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist in another way too. You know, they, they were very similar in thought and thinking. And uh, to make a long story short, Elisha, uh, uh, there was a, a rumor going around that God was going to take Elijah and bring him to heaven. So man, Elijah, there was, they said, hey, you heard about your, your boss going to heaven? He said, shut up, leave me alone. And that was the prophets of Jericho and the prophets of Bethel. They were both saying the same thing. That is unique. We should all be saying the same thing, serving the same God, reading the same Bible. Yeah. See, now watch it. So he said, if you see me go up, Elijah to Elisha, he said, if you see me go up, you can have whatever you want. Just ask me. Well, it came that time, Elisha saw him go up, he said, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, most preachers talk about the anointing. He did not ask for a double portion of his anointing, even though Elisha did twice the miracles of Elijah. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Why did he say that? Now, write this down if you hadn't heard me say this, and, uh, or maybe write it twice. Your spirit will attract people. Your anointing will keep people. Okay? Your spirit will attract people. The reason people are attracted to me, we're not sounding prideful or arrogant, is because my spirit attracts them, but my anointing keeps them. My partners to this ministry in spirit, physical, financial, it's amazing that I, I, I don't lose partnership like a lot of ministries do. I mean, I've got partners in ministry been giving and never miss a month in over 40-something years. That's a long time. That's a generation of Israel. Why? Because I'm attracted to them, they're attracted to me, but the anointing keeps them. The anointing is a powerful substance. He, so he understood that I need a double portion of that spirit. So when Elisha was coming toward the Jordan, there was 50 prophets on the other side of the Jordan waiting to see what is Elisha going to do now that the big boss, Elijah, went to heaven. So he took Elijah's mantle and he struck the water and he divided the Jordan. And you know what the 50 prophets said? The spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. And Elisha built that prophet school greater than Elijah could have ever built it. It was amazing. Why? Because your spirit will attract people to you and your anointing will keep them. You see what I'm saying? Because you, you just wouldn't put on the earth to, to accomplish what you're supposed to do. You should be a reading newspaper of people 
And people say, so they can learn from you in all kinds of ways. So to gird up is to summon self-discipline, resolution, energy, and enterprise. Because all of us have minds to think. Write this down. True discipline of mind leaves individuality. You're not supposed to be like somebody else. You can have the spirit of someone, but you've got to be your own person. True discipline of mind leaves individuality strong and makes you effective. I've had people say, you're so effective in everything. Well, what's happening is because I'm truly disciplined and I have not lost my individuality. If you notice at the, at the, um, at the visionary conference, there's a little entertainer in me. Have you noticed that? You know, I mean, you know, God saved me, but he, he left my personality intact. You see, I mean, I know how to entertain a crowd. Now, you've never really seen me play these, these, these instruments, but I mean, I mean, oh, Lord. I mean, I knew what I was doing. See, and everybody thought that after I got born again that that would go away. No, no, God gave you your personality from the day you was born. You may have to develop it in certain manners, but I'm just saying uh, he gave you that personality. What he did was just change your spirit from a dead spirit to a new spirit when you got born again. See, so true discipline of mind leaves individuality strong and makes you effective. I've had many people say, who you want to be like? Well, if I had to pick anybody, I'd be like Jesus. In fact, I am like Jesus. Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children, see. But I like my own individuality. You know, a lot of times when I go out and eat dinner with Kathy, she, she says, you always get the same thing. Why don't you try something different? I don't want to. Why? Because I like what I order. When I don't like it no more, I will quit eating it. How many times she's ordered stuff because she wants something different and she didn't like it? She said, can I eat yours? I said, no. <laughs> you ordered something new? Eat that trash. I ain't eating that because I know this is good. You know, she likes to try different things. Women like to move furniture around. Me, I, I don't like change too much. They're always moving something. You know what I'm saying? You know, I guess so. You know, I'm surprised she hadn't moved me out. I mean, you know, because she's moved everything in the house. You know, and sometimes she just tells me to get out of the way, and I just get out of the way. And they're, how, how come y'all been so happy for 52 years? True discipline. And that's a joke. I thought that was pretty good. Praise God. <laughs> true, <laughs> there's a little entertainer coming out. Okay, back down, boy, back down. Okay, true discipline of mind leaves individuality strong and makes you effective. I remember Kathy said, you know, God's called me to preach. I said, well, good. She said, but I'm not like you. You're not supposed to be like me. You're supposed to be like you. You see, yeah, but I'm not as funny as you. It doesn't make any difference. You can be, you don't have to be. You don't have to be funny at all. I never was funny before I was saved. I got funny after I got saved. No, nah, I said a joke like anybody else. But man, I was surprised when I started preaching. In fact, I got angry about it that people were laughing. I said, what's the matter with these people, Kathy? She said, you funny. I said, this is serious business. <laughs> but I mean, God gave me something called joy. And John Hagee recognized it all those years ago and called me the apostle of joy. I'm still known about that all over the world. See, so I, I, I haven't lost my individuality and I never will. See why? Because it's, it's strong and it makes you effective when you understand true discipline. Write this down. We must have intelligent alertness. I write good points. Don't I write good points? I write better than I, 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 than I talk. You know, that Cajun kind of come out of me. We must have intelligent alertness, sobriety of outlook, which causes your actions to respond. Why does things work for you, Brother Jesse? Intelligent alertness, 
sobriety of outlook, which causes your actions to respond. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to read that first verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Watch. We must have intelligent alertness, sobriety of outlook, which causes your actions to respond. The reason why faith without works is dead, the reason why faith works for me is because I have an intellectual alertness. When you understand that, it's just such a blessing. Or intelligent alertness, and then sobriety of outlook. I'm, I'm, I say, wait a minute, this is going to happen, this is going to work. I'm sober, I'm not. You see, drunk people do crazy things. But one good thing about being drunk, you don't lie when you're drunk. You just say what you think and you know. And how many times after you got sober, you went, I should have never got drunk. And now she knows everything I did. <laughs> or vice versa. We must have intelligent alertness, sobriety of outlook, which causes your actions to respond. So that's why things work. Look, and when I go do business, I have, I, I, I'm very, I use the scripture, I gird up the loins of my mind. Because you understand, I'm going to do business. And, and, and I'm a negotiator in everything I do, spiritually, physically, and financially. So I must have intelligent alertness. Then I got to have sobriety of outlook. I got to know why am I wanting this and what is the reason for it? And can they convince me to do something else? I'll never forget one time uh, on the streets of Homa, Louisiana, before they built the malls, uh, even in New Orleans, uh, uh, nobody, ever, we didn't have malls. I know I'm that old. We didn't have malls. Uh, we would shop downtown. Anybody remember that? Going, boy, I used to love to walk downtown. Downtown New Orleans, Canal Street, remember that? Had Maison Blanche. Remember that? All that kind of, it was great. A Mr. Bingle at Christmas. Remember all that kind of stuff? I mean, it was really great. I enjoyed it. And the same thing if you lived in home, you shopped downtown. So I went to get a suit. And I knew what I wanted. They tried to, kept, they, they just kept trying to change me to something else. They were trying to sell me what they had or what they thought I should have. Finally, I said, you know, you must really love this suit, so why don't you buy it yourself? <laughs> why couldn't they change your mind, sobriety of outlook? How many times you bought something that they told you to buy and you didn't really like it, you took it home, you might have wore it once, and it's still hanging in your closet? Hold your hand up. See? That was not what I call <laughs> intelligent alertness. See, they stopped you from thinking, and you begin to think like them when the original idea was in your mind. Amen. See, never forget to think. Let me say it again. We must have intelligent alertness, sobriety of outlook, which causes your action to respond. Now, I'm going to go over this part, then I'm going to part two. To gird up is to summon self-discipline, resolution, energy, and enterprise. Then I said, true discipline of mind leaves individuality strong and makes you effective. See, you got to be effective. And then I said, we must have intelligent alertness, sobriety of outlook, which causes your actions to respond. That's how Kathy became my wife. See, how I became her husband. She saw something in me she liked. I saw something in her I liked. And then, but together, we got together and formed a covenant called marriage, which is the death of two wills and the covenant of one. You see what I'm saying? That's what makes a good marriage. Now, I, and I've said this in a lot of people, uh, marriages that are, people that are married. I said, if you want a great one, you have to learn to share each other's interests. You see, it can't be just one-sided affair. 
You never go agree on everything. That's not the issue. But you share each other's interests. Now let's go to part two of this. Write this down. We learned to talk when we were children. When will we learn to think seriously? We learned to talk when we were children. When will we learn to think seriously? To think with purpose. What does purpose do? It affords you anchorage in the times of battle. Purpose is a foundation in your life. If you're a person of purpose, you, you're going to go somewhere because you've got a, a good, solid foundation. Let me say it again. We learned to talk when we were children. When will we learn to think seriously? To think with purpose. You'd be surprised. You've got adults that don't know how to think seriously. They know how to talk, but they haven't learned to think. Mm. And they don't have to think. With, I said, what's your purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, that's the way it's all been done. What could have changed? I mean, the reason why we have such visionary things, that great technology, because somebody was willing to step out the boat of religion and walk on the water. To so think seriously. See, when we know how to talk, but when we're going to learn how to think. See, seriously, with purpose. Purpose in your heart. Purpose. See, people have asked me, why are you so blessed financially? Uh, because I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver to God. But you see, when I give, I, I, I don't wait for someone to move me, John, with an emotional financial pull. Why? Because I'm a man of purpose. So I already know what to do before I get here. I purpose in my heart before I get here so I don't make the mistake of being uh, moved by an emotional financial pull. Or why, that's why people ask me, why you like to tell everybody where all the money goes to? Because that's a call accountability. Why? Because you work hard for your seed. Am I telling the truth here? See, that's thinking ahead. So I purpose in my heart what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. And then I walk out with the individuality and the self-discipline, and I summon all that, and I complete my destiny and reach my destination. Let me say it again. We learned to talk when we were children. When will we learn to think seriously, to think with purpose? You know, I really love this message. Never forget to think. Listen. Remembering to think with purpose, it takes self-discipline. It's called renewing the mind and crucifying the flesh. Now, how do you do that? God's word. The Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. We have the mind of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. We can think like God. Do you understand? Because he gave us his mind. Like I said earlier in the message, disciplining your thoughts means having intelligent alertness and being sober-minded because you're saying what God says. That was, that's what makes your individuality so strong. That also makes you effective in everything you set your hands to do. See, when you gird up the loins of your mind, I mean, it's, it, it, it's going to straighten your life out in every area of your life. And I mean that spiritually, physically, financially. That's what it's all about. I know this message has stirred you up. If you've been struggling with your thoughts, you can master them through Christ. I want to pray for you right now. Father, help this message go inside and outside and all around these people so that they gird up the loins of their mind and it changes their life because they think with the mind of Christ. I thank you for it, Lord. I believe you for it. I call it done in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You know, I mean, this is actually a very simple message, but when you think about it, it brings great self-discipline to you. When you learn to control your thoughts, and the Bible said, if you want to know what to think on, think on these things. Lovely, just, good report, pure, virtuous. I mean, it's some powerful stuff. That's what it's all about. I hope you're enjoying this, and I hope you're taking notes, because you're going to use this every day of your life. And I mean that sincerely. The show is not over yet. Kathy's coming right now. 
with some glorious moments. I love these glorious moments. They are testimonies from you that we get to share with you and the whole world. So, Kathy, take it away. Bless the people. Bless the Lord and bless me. Because I tell you what, I enjoy these glorious moments. That's why we call them glorious. Hello, and thank you for watching Glorious Moments. The testimony that I've selected to read today came from a new partner that's discovered the power of a seed and believing in God. It says, in late 2021, we needed to purchase a vehicle because our 15-year-old car had become unsafe to drive. With a loan, we brought home a vehicle in December 2021. In 2022, I rediscovered you on YouTube after many years and a lot of life situations. Listening to your messages several times a week, sometimes several each day, I began to imagine paying off the car loan in half of the loan time. Continuing to listen, I thought maybe we could pay off the loan in one third of the time. I sent a seed to JDM in August of 2022 and became a partner in September 2022. Just this past weekend, October 2022, the Lord so graciously and gently led me to see my trust was in our income. I was trying to pay the car loan instead of believing the loan to be paid. Just this past weekend, the balance of the loan was paid. Yes, hallelujah. The next day, I watched the boardroom chat about the relationship with money, and I heard Jesse and Kathy describe the experience I just had. I'm in awe of an amazing father. Now I am beginning to believe the mortgage to be paid sooner than I can imagine or think. I love that. And I pray that this testimony will encourage you to believe God for greater breakthroughs in your life. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 in the Amplified Classic Edition says, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Realize that God's power is working in you now to do super abundantly more than you can ever imagine. So go ahead and believe for it. God bless you today. Did you know angels are real and many of them are here today? God's Word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. My new book, The Hidden Help, I share a few of those biblical stories and some of my own personal experiences with angelic beings. Remember, this world isn't all there is. You are unique in God's creation and The Hidden Help is always here for you. Order your copy today at jdm.org. Ladies and gentlemen, The Hidden Help is our product offer for this month. It's our new book. You may have read a lot of books about angels, but you hadn't read one like this. Are you curious about God's angelic creatures? This book answers a lot of questions about angels. I also share some of my own personal experience with them. You've had experiences with them? Yes, I have. You'll be blessed by that. I hope you can get it. How do you get it? You go to jdm.org for all the ordering information. 
and we'll get it to you. The hidden help. It will bless you greatly. Partners, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this ministry. Your faithful financial support has kept this ministry flowing for 47 years without one financial deficit whatsoever at all. That is unheard of in ministry. You know why? I got to say it again. I trust you and you trust me and we both trust God. I mean, trust is a powerful thing. It's what keeps things together. And I want to thank you. And let me tell you something about these donations. Nothing too small, nothing too big. We've asked the Lord for every dollar given to our ministry. You've heard me say it for many, many years. We want a soul into the kingdom, and we do that. So I ask you to pray about what God would have you to do. If you're not a partner, and if you are a partner, thank you once again for your continual financial support. There's never a day goes by that we don't pray for you, and I mean that sincerely. The anointing of increase is on me. It is flat on me, and I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm telling you, it's on me, and it's such a blessing, and I want it to come upon you. But you know, you have to connect, and that's how you connect. It's the law of Genesis. As long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest time. So be a blessing today. Sow a seed and believe God for a harvest, okay? And you will be blessed, and I mean that sincerely. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast today, and don't forget to tune in next week. Kathy and I have a powerful message to help you further master your thought life. You're going to enjoy this. I'm telling you, man. I'm glad Kathy's going to be with me. It'll be a blessing of the Lord. It's entitled, What You Think About Is What You Become. Ooh, so you can almost say this like a part two. It's not. It's a totally different message, but it will bless you and minister greatly to you. Once again, partners, thank you for your support. Thank you for your finances. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. Without you, we couldn't do it, and we do it all together. Till next week, I love you. See you. Bye-bye. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. Do you realize how powerful your thoughts are? Possibility thinking isn't always easy, but it has a great track record of its own. Order my February partner off and be encouraged by this teaching. You will recognize God's almighty power within you. Get your copy today at JDM. It will bless you greatly. Do it now. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come.
let your light so shine. Everybody I know walks in the flesh, but Paul got to a point that his flesh didn't bother him. Mm -hmm. He didn't war after it anymore. In other words, he quit fighting it because it was so dead. Right. Now that's a miracle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how that becomes is how you learn to control your thought process. Because what you think is what you become. 